Hello and welcome to uh, another episode of Stories from the Past, uh, the series that's been created to share supporters' memories um, of following walls, um, a trip down memory lane, or should that be a new way. On this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by someone who'll be familiar voice to uh, regular fancast listeners. It's fellow uh, fancastian Adam Price. Adam, how are you doing? Hello, mate. I'm not too bad, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, all good, all good. Um, we had a brief chat sort of just before we, we came on board, really. Um, obviously, in terms of when the, the pod comes out, it may be a little bit time sensitive, but it's it's generally assumed that we'll be going through lockdown 2020, um, unless somebody listens back in many years to come and go and thinks, what the hell was going on? But how's things for you at the moment? Well, just looking forward to, to the country hitting stage three of Ooh. lockdown, as we've just been told. Um yeah, it's, it's strange times. I mean, with with coronavirus, um, I suppose I probably count me as one of the lucky ones, you know, whose whose job has has not been materially affected by the virus. In that I've still got a job, you know, I've not been furloughed. Um, it's just that I, right now my job has has never been as busy, so uh, my free time has been squeezed to the point of max, really. But there you go. That's 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 what it is, and that's what we uh, that's what we have to deal with. But other than that, all all good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, that's kind of the the, the present day as it is. But as I really mentioned on the the introduction to the podcast, if you haven't listened to the series before, what we like to do on this is really go through the memories of supporters. So so we get uh, people on really to share their their experiences. Um, and really, this is this is what the the pod's about. So it's a fantastic opportunity to say have a look down memory lane. So um, we'll start where where we always do, really at the beginning. So for yourself, Adam, really talk me through sort of your first recollection of being a Wolves fan, um, and and linking in really with your your first memories, be that supporting the team, and then uh, going to the Molyneux itself. Yeah. So I guess. You could probably count me as a well. I would class myself from my generation as being like a, probably a bit of a latecomer to the party really with, with wolves. I mean, so so most people's rite of passage, or you know, or, or most sons' rite of passage is that the dad takes them to the game uh, or takes them to the first wolves match. And I I never had that because my dad really just. He just isn't into football, to be honest. So he'll watch it if it's on the telly. He'll watch whoever's on. But he's not a Wolves fan. He's not got any affiliation to to any team. So, so my first games were really watched on 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 telly, as really for for the late nineties. Um, and for me, I was I was quite de- really desperate to get down the Molyneux and get to go to see games live. But you know, my mates, they already did have tickets or season tickets with, with their dads. Um, and I guess, you know, as I was you know, in, the te- in my teens, I kind of had a different attitude. I thought it would probably be a bit uncool for me to go to games on my own. I, well, as well as I, w- I wouldn't blink twice about doing it now. Mm. Um, I only had one friend who wanted to go with me, but he had a Saturday job at, at McDonald's, so it was pointless. You know, he didn't get any ticket with me. Um so uh, I was going to games as and when I could, you know, throughout the you know, the, the early n- noughties, sh- shall we say. Um, 
sitting as close as I could to my to my to my friends and, and their dads. Um, I, I went to, through. Air, I went, went to the bulk of the games I went to was through our unfortunately a bottle job season and the season we actually got promoted and I think I managed to get me tickets to the to the playoffs against Reading in the home game and um, I actually did take my dad to the, the Newcastle home game in the FA Cup and was actually in the South Bank for that game like really plumb seats in the middle of the South Bank so I thought mm. I, th- I think that some fans at that point would begin to lose a bit of faith whether or not we'd get up, go up or not so there was a few spaces but my first season ticket was actually funnily enough when we got promoted in, into the, the Premier League under under Dave Jones, and I think I was one of the masses who'd applied for a season ticket. And luckily, you know, I managed, I managed to, to get one. Um, and <laughs> I, the only people I could get a season ticket with, and it's a bit of a tenuous link, it was my mum's friend's husband and son who I was <laughs> managed to go with. And we uh, we were sitting in the, the John Ireland stands with their, their you know the season ticket, but. I knew pretty early on it, it wasn't really going to work out between the three of us because they kind of had a different attitude to the games than I did. And I think the first home game was against Charlton and uh, they wanted to leave early with about, you know, just just under five minutes left. And I just thought that this this isn't this isn't how I do things. So mm-hmm. I only spent one season with them. And I moved to North Bank for three years with a work colleague. And then since about 2007, I was, I've been in the South Bank ever since, really. And I think as as, as well, um, yeah, we with the sort of um, the memories that that I have, because for anyone listening, me and Adam do go back some time, and I think I remember going to Brentford away, and we were getting annihilated. I'm sure you were very defiant then in terms of no, I'm not going to leave early. I'm not <laughs> yeah. going to leave early. That's obviously something that sort of stayed through, really, which 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 is admirable. So, would you say sort of do you remember what your first game was specific? Was it in terms of, did you go now and again? And then, as you say, sort of when we got promoted, that Charlton was sort of your first game as a regular as such. So my first ever Wolves game was um, Saturday, the 2nd of December, 2000. Um, and it was, uh, we beat, was at home to Barnsley. We beat Barnsley 2-0. Um, so obviously, at 2000, we were a bit of a middling average first division team or a championship team I suppose and we was only getting about 17,000 crowds and um, I actually got tickets through my school at the time so I think I would have been in in sixth form I think at that point or year 12 you know one of the last years anyway and um, the school schools obviously get given tickets for free and uh, to get some kids to go and yeah me and my mate Al we we, we went um I remember Tony Dinning scoring and I had to look up and see who else scored. It was Carl Robinson. And I remember it being like a pretty routine victory, really. Um, Barnsley weren't any great shakes back then, really, either. And I just I remember sitting by a bloke who was getting really irate that even though we were 2 0 up, he was upset at everyone else saying, go on, get a third, get a third. And he was just <laughs> throwing his hands up, thinking, trying to tell everyone just to be happy with what, what we've got, really. <laughs> um, and I, I remember, actually, I remember Tony Dinning. So I, I really quite liked him when we signed him. Mm. And uh, I thought he was going to be a really good player for us. I know he, he didn't really hang around for too long, from, from what I can remember. Um, but I really enjoyed it. You know, I really enjoyed the atmosphere. Uh, I was like, I was in the John Ireland stand at that point, so I knew no better of Molyneux. Obviously, we know what <laughs> what that stand is like now, but uh, you know, I didn't know any better at the time. Um, 
and I remember having bought a program for the game and I remember getting back and uh, my mum defacing it by writing the scoreline on the front of it, writing Wolves <laughs> 2, Barnes in nil. And, I, and I, just, I remember kicking off thinking, oh, you, you ruined it, now you've defaced it. And she tried to get, she tried to rub it out and just made it worse. And I just thought, oh, forget it, you've, you've, you've ruined it now. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I quite remember, I think I remember Tony Dillon's goal actually, quite vaguely. But um, yeah, it's quite, quite a run-of-the-mill routine game to go to, really. Nothing too uneventful about it, just, just a comfortable a comfortable win really in a season which really you know didn't really offer too much I think that was I did look back actually it was one of Colin Lee's second to last game before we got sacked I think he was sacked mm. two two weeks after that game when we lost um lost at home to Blues I think it was just shortly after that game he, he got sacked and then obviously Dave Jones come in it's interesting as well so you know like you said earlier really I think a lot of people have sort of conventional ways of, of getting into football or, or, or shall I say, sort of going to the games. It's like the classic, my dad took me and so forth. But, you know, we've done a few of these. And, and I think it's interesting because sometimes that's not the obvious way in. It's just an opportunity, like you say, to say, I'm watching the, the side. I want to get involved. And you're trying to kind of find your way in in terms of your regular seat, where, where you want to, to sit and so forth. So obviously in those, that first period in the Premier League, you then decided, actually, I want to move seats. And did you find going to more games, and, and I guess perhaps from um, people you'd meet on a work level, that you became more of a regular and found sort of, uh, you know, a more better way of watching the games at that time? And Yeah, so after I moved into the, the North Bank, I, I had a friend from work who used to sit in uh, J7 in the in John Island stand, and we moved into North Bank. So I think she was sitting on her own, and, and I wanted to leave where I was sitting so we moved into the North Bank and there were there were actually quite quite good seats and we got quite a good uh, camaraderie with, with the, the people that we were we were sitting around at the time but then you know I, I was circumstances kind of changed and I was I started going actually into town and travel to the game with you know one of the one of the one of my best mates who, who I sit next to now in the South Bank and it kind of started not making much sense that I would go to the game with someone else and then split off and go and sit by someone who I literally just saw for the game and then that was it. So um, as much as I enjoyed the North Bank, and I, and I did, to be fair, um, I've, I've moved across to the South Bank, I think, in 2007 and I've been there ever since in the same the, the same seat. So I've had n- numerous people come and go next to me, sat, sat you know, either side of me, but um, the, the two two lads who sit in front of me have been there ever since. So um, you just you have that camaraderie with people who you only see them normally on a match day. You give them a handshake and a hello, and you talk about the game. And then that's and that's it. It, it took me about three or four years, probably even longer actually, before I actually said, "What are your names?" <laughs> <laughs> I think I, we see you every every match day at home, and I, you know we don't even don't even know your names. And it turns out they don't even live that far from me. To be honest, so it's good. It's good, you know. It, it was like I say, I've, I've not had a, the traditional entry into Wolves by having having your dad take you. I've just been looking on the outside, and um, <laughs> my dad, bless him, sometimes even in recent years, I've asked, you know, do you want to? If, if I've got a spare ticket going, like if if Matt next to me can't go, if I say I've got a spare ticket, do you want to come? He'll just he'll say, oh no, no, I've 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 got to go to Screw Fix tomorrow. 
And I'm like, well, okay, it's fine, but you can do that and still go to the game. And then you'll just he'll give him the real reason to say, no, I'm 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 not I'm not bothered to be honest. I mean, Victor United at home. That's the that's the. Oh no, no, I I have actually managed to drag him to a game this 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 year. This year I took him to Spurs at home, and I think he quite enjoyed it to be honest. Mm. But. Yeah, he's just he's just not been he's not that minded about going to be honest. So yeah, I had a, I had a different route into it. But well, I think what, what's interesting there, which I, I, I've talked about this on a, a separate pod, which you brought up in terms of the season ticket and who sits around you, because I remember myself when I had a season ticket for a number of years, same scenario. And and when you think about it, you're going to how many ever games a season in the championship? It's a lot more, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Mm. You're going through these mixture of emotions with people who are in your collective inner circle. And yeah, some people would have little conversations going on and it's kind of like, oh, at what point do I kind of have a chat? And, you know, you'll have a chat on a football sense, but that guy behind you could be doing, he could be a brain surgeon, he could be this, he could be that. And it's, I do find it quite fascinating that you have those those circles, really. And also, what I used to remember was, and you might have had the same, the first game of the season, you'd look around, 10 minutes to go, oh, yeah, they're back, they're back. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no one's there, no one's there. Who, who, who have we got? Because really, that's who you're sharing your experience with, aren't you? You know. Yeah, um... I, used, I used to have... Um... A really big guy. I used to sit to my right, and um, he was a hugger. So literally, every every time a goal <laughs> went in, I was just accosted by this guy. Whether whether I liked it or not, he was getting me. And <laughs> even if I wanted to celebrate with my mate Matt mm. and go to my left, he would just grab me and pull me back to him. And I'd be like, oh, that, that, no, that's this is me. I'm you know I'm I'm, I'm celebrating with this guy now, and then. Um, <laughs> And especially now, since the extra seat has been put in, that's the seat that's um, to my right. So sometimes I get a different person every week who's sitting next to me now, and yeah. uh, which is a shame in a way because the, the guy next to him and his, his son, you know, I chat with them a lot as well. So we're always divided by a different person at every every home game. But um, no, it's good. I mean, it's, it's great. You get a camaraderie with them. You have a laugh with people. You talk a lot about walls, but then you also have some, you know, you, you can get, have some arguments with, with these people. I've had some couple of arguments with these lads who I've sit, sat with in front of me for, for a while. We, we have different difference of opinion on the, on most things, which is fine, really. Not, obviously nothing wrong with that, but you know, when, when, when times are bad and the team's not doing well and you know, they, they're quite, they have a strong opinion with something and you've got a strong opinion the other way. You know, you can find yourself coming away from the game, or I do, I come away from the game thinking, oh, he's, he really, he's really annoyed me this, this week. You know, he said, he, said, he said X, Y, Z, I just don't agree with it, but you forget about it by the time the next game rolls around. It's, it's, it's a dysfunctional family, isn't it, at times? And we, we're all sort of different in terms of kind of our support. But I just like the idea there that, that you'd, you'd identified a hugger it's kind of like, you know, you can, you can see them in the crowd. Oh, we, we, we've got a hugger here, OK? Um, <laughs> if you sort of have a card system to identify you. But that's really sort of your your home experience. And we'll perhaps go when we look at highs and lows and, and they may be incorporated in terms of your Molyneux experience. But if, if we go sort of away from home as such, um, do you remember your either your first away game or any particular memories um of away games to date? Yeah, so I, I remember my first away game because I, I actually I did take my dad to it 
well, I probably dragged him to it, but it was uh, 24th of August 2002, and we. Went... You've got more it down here. Yeah, I had to go back and look them up just to make sure I got it. Just to make sure I got my bearings right. But it was uh, Derby one, Wolves four. It was in their promotion season, and I remember it because there was a lot of away fans there. And I've actually like looked, and there was like three and a half thousand away fans there. And um, again, I think you know it was at the start of our promotion season, so I think people were still a bit scolded by what went on the year before. So we were we were able to get away tickets. Obviously, went to general sale. Um, not like now where you'd have no chance, but mm-hmm. um, yes, yeah, so I remember it. My, my dad, my dad had drove, and um, I think we parked up at we, I can't remember what park he was, but it was it parked by a really big park? And it took about like 20 odd minutes or so to walk to the ground. Um, obviously, I was a bit of a novice of away games at this point, so I went, I had the uh, my, my colors on, I had, I had my kit on, and um, not full kit, just just the top. But um, I remember the game because I think Derby had just been relegated, and uh, there was me, my dad to my left, and then just this mentalist who was to my dad's left, and um, <laughs> he'd be. He, I remember him because he, he just kept a full full screaming voice, just slating Derby every time it, the ball just went out of play. He'd just start saying, "That's why you." went down all every time like a ball just went out of play and um yeah I think it's quite quite early on in the season. I don't think Paul Lintz was fit. He he went off relatively early on in the first half and brought Kevin Cooper on and I really like Kevin Cooper. Mm. And um we went we went I think we, we took the lead and went either we, I think we got we didn't go behind but I think we think we we got pegged back one one and then Kevin Cooper scored a really good goal, like a, a 20, 20 yards a thunderbolt. And this guy, this mentalist, come in, he was hugging both me and my dad. Um, and then I'd, my, my dad had kind of just back, like, leant back from him, and I'd, I'd let, let go and turn to my right, but he didn't let go of me. <laughs> and that in turn meant I dragged him over to me, and he fell into the row of seats in front of me, basically. I just thought, oh, God, this guy, what's this guy, the guy going to do now? So about three mm. or four of us reached down to pick him up, pulled him back up. To, to meet where me and my dad were, thinking he's going to have a go. And he just carried on celebrating. He was just delir- delirious with excitement. And um, obviously it was a great day because we won, we won 4-1 and it, great start to the season. And I just remember walking, it was a bit dicey when I was walking back to the car because obviously I think we had to walk through some built-up areas of, of Derby and past the train station. And I obviously had my kit on and we were walking. I just remember all these some some pebbles and stones just started falling at my feet, and I looked up, and there was like these young Derby lads who basically, because obviously you could see I was a Wolves fan, they just started throwing bricks and pebbles at me. I thought, okay, this isn't this isn't good. So just me and my dad just kind of sped up our walk, and we walked walked as fast as we could back to the car before um, before anything untoward happened. But no, yeah, that was my that was my first first away day. I've really got quite got the bug for it then because it's a different kettle of fish isn't it as, as we both know for away away games and being in the minority you get to experience different part of the country um different atmosphere it's just it's great i got i got the bug for it then and obviously where where possible i try to get to some to many many more and obviously and when i had a season ticket obviously get the opportunity to go to a lot more but until then i, went, I tried in that promotion season to get to many more as i could and, and sort of as, a, as as an overview, and 
I guess we're, we're in a fortunate position now. Um, we can include, you know, um, outside of, of England with the European campaign. Any particular grounds that stand out for, you know, any particular reason in terms of the away games you've been to? And Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it before about Brentford, but I, I love Griffin Park. I really, mm. really love Brentford's ground. And I think it's, the reasons are obvious, to be honest. It's just a unique ground. It's, it's sad that they're leaving it, really. But um, uh, when I mean, when we last went, it's the, the four pubs on the corner. It's just, it's, it's so unique in its setup and... Uh, the loca- you know, the location that you can do the four pub stops on each corner. Uh, I think, and I think when we last went, I think we had about nine beers before we'd even got in the grounds. To, which, and to be yeah. fair, given how the game went, <laughs> it was needed to be honest. Um, but also keep keeping in London as well. I really do like Fulham's ground as well because um, that's got a bit of character to it, given given the location of it, and we are quite partial to a London away day. Um, I, I do quite like the freedom that you get when you go to a London away day. You, you're not like when we've been to Huddersfield before and you're met off the train and corralled into the, the worst pub that Huddersfield's got to offer. London, you step off the train, step off the tube and just go where you want. And so I really like, so Brentford and Fulham have, you know, hold good memories for me, but also Nottingham Forest as well. I, I do quite like the, the it's a nice ground, just set on the River Trent. And again, I like the city. I, re- I really like the, the, like the city centre of Nottingham. Um, obviously, there's, there's some stories that go with, you know, Nottingham Forest away days. And, uh, and there's some of the Fulham away days as well. We, we've just got some good stories to tell. But as far as ground specific goes, I, re- I quite like those three grounds. And I think this is the thing with, with away grounds. It, it enables you an opportunity to... Not going to say we're, we're particularly tourists, but you know, you, you mentioned London, and you're quite right because I think for me personally as well, and I've been fortunate to share some of these away days with, with yourself. And I think what away, uh, what away games give you as well is that it gives you an opportunity to perhaps get out of sight of you. You sort of you're in a circle, and you you know you meet so many people as well, um, mm. following. And I think as you sort of reference as well. You know, and it's something I picked up sort of early days. You are in that minority, so it's kind of that sort of I don't know pack mentality, if we can pardon the the walls pun, um, where you can kind of get out, you can meet people, and you can see different cities and share those experiences. Um, and hopefully, we'll we'll have many um, more to come. Um, talk us through, I guess you know, we'll, before we move on to sort of highs and lows. Um, what's been your what's your favourite? away game would you say that you've been to oh. I know it's a difficult one because you can kind of put that into a couple of categories can't you you can probably kind of look at a, a game in terms of a spectacle i.e. best performance or put, sometimes you can be nostalgic and say that was a bloody good weekend because of X, Y and Z you know um, yeah I guess into that I mean if you want an overall package of good weekend I mean we would have to look at Nottingham Forest, don't we? You know, we are we are going back about ten years or so. It was during our promotion season, um, and it was a, it was a lovely lovely weekend weather wise. And you know, we, we were stopping over in, I think, on just on the outskirts of the city centre. Um, you know, we went out during the night. Uh, it's it just obviously it's Nottingham city centre is really really quite a big city centre, really. So like we had the game where. I think, uh, 
Kitely scored, and if you remember, it, it was our crossbar view. So we, we just mm-hmm. about just just about made it out, wasn't it, from where we were sitting? <laughs> and um, yeah, I just remember us go, all getting dressed up, actually putting shirts on, and going out going out for the night. And uh, you probably remember that sort of night where I, I got dropped on my head and got a concussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the cobbled roads of Nottingham, and just got patched up with a bottle of water, tipped over the head, and led into Oceana. Um, and then woke, wake, wake up the next morning with a banging headache and going into the uh, the pub carvery and ruining everyone's Mother's Day meal by uh, having seven or eight radio lads having a, having a carvery on a Sunday morning. It's those sort of days with those sorts of stories, coupled with the results. It's just... Yeah. It just makes think, it fantastic. I mean, I could pick an individual result. Like, you know, just I could just say, like, last year, I don't know, Spurs at Wembley, you know, we, we, you could pick one. But, I, I, yeah, the, having the weekends, you know, are, are really good. And, you know, we've got some stories to tell, you know, both me and you from, like, our Blackpool away days and Preston away days, which, you know, you, you could probably look past the game itself as, mm. as being rather, un, you know, pretty much uneventful. But it's what goes on before and after that which which make the stuff which make the weekend and make make the stories i think this is it and this is what sort of resonates because you know what we're trying to put over with this series is you know there's there's many um platforms to talk about on the pitch and talk about the detail talk about formations talk about how how well well we've played but football is more than that football is all encompassing you know football um brings people together and, and and creates so many memories so I mean, we could, like you say, we could probably do a separate pod just just on 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 away days in itself. So so many memories within that. Um, and now, really, in terms of sort of, we look at the highs and lows. Let's 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 end with a positive. So, if I look at sort of your to date experience of following Wolves, what's the lowest moment you would say? What's the sort of single lowest moment of following Wolves to date? I mean, there's. There's probably quite a few mm. content contenders here, really. I mean, obviously, my, one of my earliest lowest moments was um, the playoff defeat to Norwich. You know, in in the year that we we threw it all away, um, because I was convinced that I think after Kevin Cooper scored that goal, um, that we were going to go on and and do it. And I just remember for a long time that summer replaying uh, a Paul Butler had the header. He had an opportunity right right in the 90th minute and he didn't make a, a good enough connection on it and it went wide. I just I was replaying that forever. And then naturally you could you could pick um you know the the, the five one loss at home to, to Albion or like a double relegation. But I guess for me it's not I guess it's cheating really, it's not really a moment, but the, the period of time where I felt really just low about wolves was that that jacket 2015-16 season. Um, so it was a season after we just missed out on the on the playoffs by by a goal, and we hadn't strengthened properly. We'd lost a few players, hadn't hadn't properly replaced Sacco. And when you look back, it was just I, th- I think it's previously been mentioned about how how apathetic the whole season was. You know, we had seven home nil nil draws that year, and infamously four in a row. And I remember just at some point thinking, <clears throat> what, what what am I doing here? You know, going to Wolves. It just became a fact that I'm, I'm essentially just paying to see my mates because 
we had obviously we had our drinks before and after. The game was the worst part of, of Saturday. I used to, sometimes I used to almost dread the match day coming along because I just used to think no, it, it, nobody cares at the moment. Like the fans just, they just didn't care. I found it a real a real effort to to actually go to the game. In fact, sometimes I think being in 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 whatever pub it was that we were in before the game, I, I kind of didn't want to go. I just dreading like it becoming like twenty to three, quarter to three. And you think, oh, we've actually got to go to the game now. And there was just nothing, nothing going on. And I used to come back from the game just thinking, well, what a, what a waste of time that was. I've just wasted, you know, a few hours of my Saturday. And, and for what? You know, I did enjoy one minute of that. And it was just, just awful. And I really questioned, was I being wise in, in spending money and time or, you know, going to these games, both home and away, thinking I could be doing something else, more more productive in my time, potentially, that, and that put that that was really that was a really low point that you know for the first time since I got a season ticket I questioned should I actually renew and and not just like a fleeting question it was really something I pondered on for a while thinking should I should I really renew but obviously I'm glad really glad that I did you know I stuck through you, 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 and this is why you appreciate the good times now because you stick through the club in the bad times and you know the really apathetic times. And eventually, eventually, you do get rewarded with the good times. But yeah, that was that was a pretty one of the, one of the low low periods for me. And I think really, you know, to to touch on that, I think it's the apathy, and and that's the key word, really. I think you can sometimes tolerate it when it's really shit in a perverse way because you might think teams underfunded um, and. Perhaps they're not just quite good enough. And you can kind of get on board with it and say, oh, well, there's probably reasons for it. But when it kind of becomes a chore, you do, it, you, like you say, you do sort of question why you're doing it. But as you've kind of tied in there, really, but for every one of those moments, and God, there's, there's been so many roller coasters, to kind of flip the coin then, really, what's been your standout? And again, that can be a game or it can be a period of time. I know we're seeing a great side, you know, time of recording. Football's on pause, but from what we've seen in recent years, it's been amazing. But what was that moment you thought, shit, at that time, it doesn't get any better than this support in the club? Yeah, I mean, I mean you're right. It's, it's very easy to say right here, right now, because, you know, in, in my Wolves supporting lifetime, or probably in most majority of Wolves fans supporting lifetime, this 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 time right here right now is never we've never had it better as a Wolves fan. This is the the peak that we've that we've had it. You know for the people that didn't experience any European football beforehand. So for you know for thousands of people, this is the, the best it's ever been. Um, but I the, the bit for me where I felt just elated and jubilant was that 2009 title winning season, and quite specifically. Uh, Barnsley away where we clinched it and I just remember you know what a day it was everyone was all was all dressed up you know in fancy dress you know we had our super mick attire on um, getting on the pitch at the end of the game for Barnsley just the carnival atmosphere of it and then getting back to Wolverhampton just for more of the same I remember just getting we, we got some drinks from the, the off licence that, that was next door to um, the Royal London it was all Drinking in the streets, getting cigars out. It was just that that day. I just thought this is brilliant. It was a culmination of such a fun season as well. That that season, yes, we had that time during 
<clears throat> I think it was January, February, where we struggled. But it wasn't just us, you know, both Birmingham and Reading struggled at the same time. But overall, that that, that season was just so fun. Uh, like I say, to flip the coin from before, where if that season before with Jack, it was a chore to go. This was just fun. You just love, look forward to every match day. look forward to going away. look forward to every home game because we were brilliant. And at that point, everything just seemed to, to click. The team clicked the manager clicked the manager clicked with the fans everyone was all on the same page it was just it was just brilliant and I remember being again I think when they had the title celebrations you know I was on the pitch as well on, on the Molyneux pitch celebrating and I think just every, every, rolling to one it rolled into a whole package that 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 season that time was just was just great was, I just felt 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 so elated with that you know because we you know we won won something and hopefully we get to see that replicated with with Nuno and the team there that we get to you know win win a trophy or, or something so we can you know get that feeling of having achieved and won something again that's brilliant and and, and just really finally on on this episode what I, I find quite interesting in terms of the, the football club is the football club you know we look at the on the field and we look at the results and we look at our experiences as you've gone through today in terms of your highs and lows, your nil-nil draws to your title wins and your celebrations. And you can talk about getting back into the city from an away day. What does Wolverhampton mean to you and how much importance do you do you think the club has on the city and, and vice versa? Yeah, you know what? I mean, it's, it's quite easy. People find it quite easy to, you know, to run down Wolverhampton. And I'm not just talking like in, you know, externally, but also internally as well. But, I love it because it's it's at the end of the day it's it's home and the city does get a bad rep and I'm not I'm still I'm not sure why <laughs> to be honest because I know you get like, like lonely planet guys taking the piss and say like it's worse than Beirut or something and I'm not sure that's just to sell books or something but you think well for a city that that has this you know the country's second biggest city next door we have you know we've got a lot lot within the city you know we've Lovely places to, to, to walk. You've, we've got a lot of like sporting amenities, like lots of golf courses, race courses, dog tracks, good schools, the football and everything. We've got we do have a lot of stuff going for us. Obviously, you know, it does have its have its downsides in you know the lack of a good town centre and and restaurants and what have you, but you know, it's not a perfect city, but it's it's one we call home. And to this day, I always, you know, whenever I hear the city mentioned or even just wolves mentioned on like a national TV show or podcast, I still get like a flitter of excitement thinking, oh, they're talking about Wolverhampton, brilliant. And I like, you know, I like it when the city or, you know, the football, the football clubs mentioned in, in glowing terms. I, I, I love it. I, I really revel in it. And yeah, it just means, it just means a lot. We like, we, we do like to run it down, but it is, it is, it is home. And no, no, I do love it. And even when I, I go somewhere else for an extended period of time, you know, I, I do like to, to come back, I like the familiarity of, of home, um, but yeah, no, I, I do, I, I do love it, and I think we are quite blessed to have such a like a symbolic icon of as the Wolves logo that represents us and our, you know, the city. Um, so yeah, you can get a bit bit uh, sepia toned about it. Quite quite easy to do that, but nah, it's our home, isn't it? It's our home, and I think that's it. And I think there's an attachment and there's a relationship that 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 we all have with the football club in the city. And I feel kind of like we're kind of guardians of it. And it's something we've, we've spoke about before. And I can, I can only really echo that. And I, and I think, you know, what we're seeing right now, even in sort of the, 
the lockdown times is a real togetherness and the way in which the clubs got on board and the former players and the fans helping the NHS and there's loads of initiatives out there. I think really just kind of, it, it sometimes sounds a little bit twee and cheesy, this one-pack thing, but it's quite relevant as well. And I know we're both biased, but I really think what the club's doing right now and the fans are getting behind it shows the real character of the city. Um, what, what we're going to do now then, um, just really have have, have um, uh, a recap of, of what else you can listen to on the fancast before we close. Obviously, me and Adam are a part of the fancast. In these uncertain times, we're trying to bring you as much content um, as we can at the moment. So we've got the alternative Hall of Fame that's running and we've got lots more um, stories from the pack to come as well. So finally, Adam, thank you so much for coming on board. Um, we've got some great stuff there. We've got Tony Dinning, we've got uh, Identifying a Hugger, The Mentalist of Derby, the Mother's Day episode, and they're all little little nuggets of memories, which I think hopefully fans can can resonate as well. So I know both of us would say thank you for listening during these times. If you've got any stories as well and want to get on board, then then please do. Um, obviously, um, give us um, a five-star rating on iTunes as well, because I know that helps. So Uh, From both of us, uh, thank you and uh, stay safe and stay well. Thanks, Apes. should you plan for when your home becomes too small or when the next one gets too big at sandy spring bank we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan whether it's a new home or refinance renovation or addition fixer upper or new build banking is a conversation let's talk about your mortgage visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage mortgage home equity and other credit products offered by sandy spring bank equal housing lender